Hey everyone, welcome back to the, the unofficial, unofficial Last of Us podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Jay DeHoyos. I'm Jacob Fox, and this week we're talking about episode 7, Left Behind. If you haven't listened to the show before, we will start with a recap of the episode itself. We won't discuss any spoilers or things that maybe, maybe will relate to the games. And once we're done with the recap, we'll provide a spoiler alert to let you know that we're going to go into spoilers for the game, which thereby we will possibly spoil what might happen going forward in the show. So if you don't want to know what could possibly happen, then you can turn it off at that point. Yeah. And we are also on Instagram and Twitter at TLOU show podcast. We'll be posting more of the visual stuff that we talk about in the show, as well as memes and any updates on the podcast. We'd love to connect with you all there. So we'd appreciate if you gave us a follow on those platforms. As you could probably still hear, I'm still recovering from COVID. I'm in a much better place than I was a week and a half ago, but uh, apologies if my voice is not fully up to speed or uh, if I have coughing fits, I'm going to try my best to uh, edit those out so you don't have to listen to them. <laughs> so Left Behind, uh, this was another fantastic episode. Yeah, I mean, just the episode opinion. title... Just people like people who've played the games know like the episode title, they know what they're in for getting yeah. those two words. So like but if we start like from the beginning of the episode, we see like the cameras like panning through this like neighborhood and we see like a trail of blood in the snow. Cause as we know from the last episode, Joel was injured and he was like bleeding out in the snow. Ellie was like freaking out. Yeah, kind of was left on the cliffhanger of like, did Joel just die? Mm -hmm. <laughs> in episode six of nine in, in yeah. the last of you know um yeah. so they uh they they revealed that one pretty quickly and mm -hmm. uh no he's still alive yeah it looked like ellie had taken one of the sleeping bags and like strapped him in and they were like dragging him through the snow because the sleeping bag was like all ripped and bloodied so then like she brought him to like this garage in one of these houses and she's basically like freaking out joel is like grabbing her and like telling her you know, leave me, go north, go find Tommy, like, just leave me here. Yeah. And she's, like, really just scared because, obviously, she has these fears of being alone and she doesn't want to lose Joel, who's, like, the closest person, the person she's been closest to in a, in a really long time. Yeah. Basically, almost, like, in her life, but, like, she drapes the jacket over him, his jacket over him, and mm. it seems like she's about to leave and follow his instructions, go back to Tommy. But uh, as soon as she turns the doorknob, cue the flashbacks, and mm -hmm. we're, we're back in the Fedra school. Yep, we're seeing Ellie in Fedra before, obviously before Marlene, before any of this happened. She's like running laps in a gym with a bunch of other, I guess, students. I don't know what you would call them. They always refer to this as like an, a Fedra orphanage, but it seems like yeah. obviously they're like, training these kids to be like the next generation of fedra soldiers they're, they're the future yeah yeah so ellie is like she's got her walkman headphones on and she's just running laps and this one girl starts like grabs her headphones off her head and starts like bullying her yeah bethany the braided bully <laughs> yeah bethany <laughs> um and so she's like talking shit to ellie and she's saying you know, you don't fight. It's your your friend. Your friend is the one who fights. Yeah. Um, and it kind of pushes friend, Ellie. Yeah. That friend is who we come to find out, Riley. Yeah. So Ellie like punches Bethany and then we get like a jump cut and Ellie's sitting in the office of like her mentor or like a yeah. supervisor or something. Captain Kwong. Yeah. She's got a black eye from the fight. Yeah. And then Captain Kwong comes in and he's basically saying like, you know, what's going on with you? The, you've never been like super well behaved, but the last few weeks have been even worse. You're like getting into trouble a lot. And then he basically like tells her, you know, there's you're at a point where there's two paths for you. you yeah. Keep going down this way of just like getting into trouble, getting into fights. And you'll basically just be like a grunt doing the, the worst Shit jobs. Work. Yeah. yeah. The worst jobs you could possibly do. Or you could, you know, be smart about it because he tells her like, you're so smart. You're stupid. Like, yeah, you're you're a very smart person. And it just causes you to get into really bad situations sometimes. Right. And uh, if she stops acting out, she can become an officer, have a cushy life. Um, one thing I thought was interesting about this whole conversation is that infected like never come up. Mm hmm. 
he doesn't talk about like, oh, you know, the world out there is so bad that mm-hmm. like you could be stuck having to fight infected or whatever. Yeah. And like when he talks about like how important Fedra is and how like you could be running things for us. It's so important. He's like, if we go down, these people will either starve or they'll murder each other. Like mm-hmm. infected are not even on their radar. Right. In this conversation, which was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as we know from seeing Kathleen in Kansas City, like they took Fedra down and shit kind of went bad pretty yeah. fast. Be- mainly because she was so hell bent on finding Henry. But yep. you know, at the same time, it seems like there could be an argument to be made that as bad as Fedra is, maybe they do serve some sort of good purpose being there. Yeah, and this is an argument that Ellie and Riley are going to continue to make throughout the episode. Right, exactly. Um, And yeah, I think it's just like a little bit of, it's again, it's like this gray area of like, Mm -hmm. like in Kansas City, Fedra is also the reason why all those infected got pushed into the sewers and, you know, eventually bursted out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who's to say Fedra would have been able to prevent that, you know? Although if it happened, they would have the benefit of all the firepower and everything. So mm-hmm. who knows? It's, it's yeah, it's a gray area. And, like, it just sucks that, especially in Kansas City, Fedra was doing, like, horrific things on top of it and justifying the goodwill and good, mm-hmm. you know, of the people to, like, try and maintain that. Right. So then Ellie basically makes a choice and she says, you know, I'm gonna. I want the path of the officer is what yeah. she kind of implies because he had used like a coffee mug or something, and then like his keys his as keys. like to. She chooses the keys. Yeah. yeah. So um, she goes to leave. She asks for her Walkman back. He gives it back to her, and she leaves. And then we cut to her in her in her room, um, and she's like reading Savage Starlight comic, which obviously call back to when she was kind of bonding with Sam in yeah. episode five over those, and we're shown different things in her room. We see that she has a no pun intended book, but it's a different book than the one we've seen. It was previously. volume one. Yeah. yeah. So then like we hear someone outside the door telling everyone, you know, lights out time to go to bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We cut to Ellie asleep in her bed and someone uh, well, opens the before, window. Before oh. Riley comes in, there's also a quick shot of what we assume is Riley's bed. Oh, right. Like right. her half her half of the room is completely empty. Um, there's no decorations, no posters, no, you know, the bed is completely empty. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the first instance where like, you know, we've heard that Ellie is alone and she's scared of alone and she hasn't bonded with anyone. And so this is the first kind of moment that we kind of really see how alone Ellie really is, you know, before Joel. Mm-hmm. So she has this one friend, but this friend isn't there. And so mm-hmm. she's acting out at her school and she's, you know, she's not handling it well. But um, yeah, so back to what you were saying, like Riley right, yeah. comes in through the window. Yeah, Riley comes into the window and she like plays a prank on Ellie. Um, she like covers her mouth and like she's going to like pretending to be someone that's going to like attack her or something. I don't know. And then mm-hmm. Ellie jumps up and grabs her knife and is ready to just basically attack whoever's attacking her and she realizes it's Riley and they kind of have a conversation of like back and forth. Ellie's asking Riley like where she's been and kind of upset that she didn't tell her she was leaving, didn't tell her where she was going. And Riley basically tells her that she's become a firefly and Ellie at first doesn't believe her. And Riley shows her like her firefly pendant or something that's in her bag and her uh, gun. So then Riley is basically telling Ellie, she's like, I'm going to ask you something and you're going to say no, but then you're going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> basically like that back and they have, they have such a good like back and forth with each other throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Um, there are moments of like sweet and tenderness but there are moments of like anger because they're still kind of upset with each, like Ellie's upset with Riley because she left and we find out later that there's another reason that Riley's upset. Yeah. And there's also, as we can tell throughout the episode, this like romantic tension between yeah. them 
They're more than just friends. <laughs> yeah. So Ellie says no. Then she says yes. She leaves with Riley. Yep. Riley they, says, come out with me and have the best night of your life. <laughs> yeah. So they go out down the fire escape, hiding from the Fedra like, truck that's patrolling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then they start to have this like back and forth. Uh, first, El- Riley's like asking Ellie about her black eye and saying, like, asking what happened to her. Uh, well, actually, she, actually, if I remember correctly, she was asking, she was asking about the black guy in the room, and Ellie told her, like, I fucked Bethany up or whatever. Yeah, 15 stitches. Yeah, but then Riley's telling Ellie, like, you don't have to fight everything and everyone. Like, you can pick and choose what's important. Yeah. And then she's like, are they teaching you this in Firefly class? Yeah. And then Ellie also talks about how Riley, like, beat someone named Carol up and put her in the infirmary for, like, a week or something. Yeah. So we know that both Riley and Ellie have had, like, these moments of getting in trouble, acting out, getting in fights. Yeah, and, I mean, we don't know the backstory on why she fought Carol, but based on what Bethany says, it it seems like Riley was more of the fighter Mm -hmm. and kind of... Anytime Ellie got into trouble, it seems like maybe Riley stepped in to handle those confrontations so that Ellie wouldn't be the one getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And and we also like know um, because like when Riley first asks about the black eye, she's like already ready. She's like, "Tell me who it is. I'm gonna go fuck him up." Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a deep bond and a deep loyalty there for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like. These conversations they have, it is such a good blend of, you can tell the closeness because it does go back and forth between joking and socializing and having a great time to like, hey, you have like ideals that I'm uncomfortable with and I'm going to challenge you on that right now Mm -hmm. because they're comfortable enough with each other to be like, I'm going to call you out and I'm not going to feel like I'm offending you or like ruining our friendship, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to see this relationship that Ellie had before Joel. Yeah. So they're kind of exploring, uh, going through the quarantine zone. Ellie's following Riley through. And yeah, they're having this conversation of like talking about the difference between Fedra and the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. When they go through like the window of an apartment building and Ellie's like flashlight isn't working and she's like knocking it on her hand. And Riley's like, oh, Firefly flashlights are better. And Ellie says, score one for the anarchists. And Riley says, we prefer freedom fighters. So it's like this very, this just back and forth between them about like who's better, Fedra or Fireflies. Mm -hmm. While Ellie doesn't fully believe, I think that Fedra are 100% good guys, I think she like sees potential. Mm-hmm. especially because like she knows that fire the fireflies they use bombs they blow up certain parts of the qz they've were like yeah. innocent people might be um so she doesn't fully like trust the fireflies in that respect either yeah and i think um based on like just the recent like how recent her discussion with captain kwong was um you know like she's kind of more leaning towards you know, like, oh, I'm going to be a Fedra officer when I grow up. Like, she's more accepting of that idea than maybe she was a day before, you know? I think as much as she also doesn't fully agree with Fedra, she's kind of pulling those blinders over her eyes and, like, trying to force herself to be like, I'm the future of Fedra, so I have to get it done through Fedra. Mm-hmm. So then they walk up a bunch of these flights of stairs in this apartment building and they come across a dead body that Riley said wasn't there yesterday. So this is like a freshly dead person. Yep. And just like the beginning of episode three, mm-hmm. Ellie immediately goes up to this body, starts inspecting it. Yeah. Analyzing it. Uh, she doesn't stab it or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, she checks it out. They kind of uh, realize he has old world booze. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing brewed, you know, after the outbreak. Yeah, so they steal it, basically. Yeah, they see there's there's pills with it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, they're like, oh, this seems more like it was an intentional, like, you shouldn't be mixing pills with booze. But uh, this guy wanted a easy way out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, so he's not infected. I think uh, so it's it's like a, there's like a moment where it's like, is this guy going to wake up and like, mm-hmm. you know, get him? But yeah, no. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, 
yeah, like you said, they, they take the booze, they start drinking it. The floor immediately collapses and <laughs> the dead yeah. body falls through. And they're just like, huh, okay, shit. Yeah. Then they head up to the roof and they're like kind of laughing about what just happened. They open up the bottle of alcohol and they both like take a drink. What it appears to be Ellie's first sip of alcohol because she kind of mm-hmm. like makes this face and she's all, it's great. Yeah. Trying to hold back. Yeah. Trying to not have a face, but yeah, uh, we've all been there. I think this is also supposed to be like kind of a callback to episode six where she had a drink from Joel's flask and she's all, yep, still gross. Yeah, 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 that's a great um, connection there. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of get this another one of those moments of like romantic tension between Ellie and Riley where she's asking Ellie's asking Riley about the fireflies and she's all. So do you like meet a firefly guy and like yeah. you just decided you to become a, a terrorist? Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those moments where it's like kind of like awkward teen flirting where it's like, yeah. oh, like you, you got a boyfriend, you got a girlfriend, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another moment of them like discussing because this is when Riley tells Ellie about meeting Mar or about meeting Marlene. Well, she doesn't, she doesn't say Marlene, but she says she had snuck out one night while Ellie was in the hole. Oh, yeah. And she was sneaking back to their room and someone saw her sneaking and they were like, you know, what do you think of Fedra? Basically asked her point blank, what do you think of Fedra? Yeah. And she said, you know, I think they're fascist dick bags or whatever she said. Yeah. And I she think basically fascist dick bag is correct. Yeah. And so basically she got to join the Fireflies right there because she, I guess, passed whatever test or something that this question was posing to her. Um, so just really interesting, like learning because we know it's Marlene, and then we we tell she tells yeah. Ellie later that it's Marlene that, and Ellie's like, "Who the her. fuck is Marlene?" Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "It doesn't matter." But yeah, and then this is kind of like another moment where Ellie is like challenging her, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, she basically just like says almost verbatim what Captain Kwong told her mm-hmm. about how Fedra holds everything together, you know. Yeah. So it's 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 definitely you could tell that that conversation kind of stuck with her. Mm-hmm. And so like she's still she's not like fully pro Fedra, but she I think she's also just like accepting that there's like not a lot of alternatives in this world, at least mm-hmm. in her tiny, small worldview. You know, she doesn't mm-hmm. know anything outside the quarantine zone. And so uh, Riley uh, multiple times throughout the episode mentions, you know, it's okay that you don't know everything, which is, um, I think, you know, Ellie, Ellie's worldview is so, so little. So like mm-hmm. she really just sees it's either Fedra or Fireflies and don't really agree with either, but I'm taking Fedra on this one, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we get to some rooftop jumping, Riley's yeah. leading Ellie um, to wherever they're going. And we get to a point where, oh, oh, um, also on the rooftops, uh, I mentioned earlier, Ellie asks to hold Riley's gun. Oh, right, right. We get another little uh, inspection of, you know, Ellie looking over the gun, not unlike how she looked it over in, uh, I think, episode four Mm -hmm. at the beginning when she's like, pew, pew, Um, just like checking it out. And like, yeah, just her fascination with everything. Mm -hmm. It was there before Joel and I'm yep. sure it'll be there long after. <laughs> <laughs> so we get so we get to a point where they're like overlooking the city and Ellie like sees all these lights and Riley tells her, Oh yeah, or Fedra Fedra Riley tells her Fedra wired up the block like last week because there's like more people coming into the into the QZ. So mm-hmm. like they need more places for people to live. And Ellie's like, Well, look at that, Fedra can't be all bad if they're, you know, supplying, you know, lighting electricity and places for people to live and stuff. So then Riley kind of points to the mall and or points to a, a place and says, that's where we're going. And Ellie's like, the mall? Like, what are you, crazy? The Fedra sealed it all off because it's full of infected. Yeah. And Riley's like, well, if it's sealed off, why isn't it sealed off? You know, yeah. like, it's it's not that bad, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then, again, episode two, when Ellie's talking to Tess, um, and Tess asks, how did you get bit? Ellie mm-hmm. tells her the mall and Tess is like, oh, you mean the mall that no one's ever, ever, ever supposed to go into that mall? You got bit there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we know that this is potentially the mall where it mm-hmm. happens. And from there, you know, 
we kind of know at some point it's going to happen. So they go inside, they climb inside, and basically it's just like the whole episode, you're just like wondering, like, when is it going to (laughs) happen? Yeah. So they go inside and uh, Riley tells Ellie, like, go out this door and turn to your right. Tell me when you're there. And Ellie's kind of like fighting back with her because she's like unsure of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so she goes out and she tells Riley, like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. And then the electricity comes on and it just, the mall just lights up. I really love this shot of Ellie just looking out over the mall. It's yeah. like the, the lighting is great. Like the, the colors are so like vibrant. Yeah. I just think it looks really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like, I immediately was like, oh, it looks like uh, that one level from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a board, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, it's a great shot. The lighting, the colors, yeah, um, are great. And we see more of that as, as they progress throughout the mall. Mm-hmm. Cue the take on me sink. Yeah, so Riley Riley tells Ellie that she's going to show her the four wonders of the mall. Yeah. And so then they walk over to an escalator and Ellie is like... Is this one of them? <laughs> yeah, she's like completely fascinated by what she first calls electric stairs. Yeah. And then, yeah, so Take On Me plays while she's just like messing around on the escalator. She's like, I'm going backwards, now I'm going forwards. Just, yeah, one of those moments of Ellie just learning more about the world around her, which are always just great because at the end of the day, she's a kid and she's never experienced life, you know, yeah. outside the QZ and she's never seen an escalator before. Yeah, so like going back to the whole like, oh, there's, you know, it's okay that she doesn't know anything. Like her worldview is so small, like she doesn't even know escalators, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much in this world. And yeah, it's funny that after, you know, Riley at first is like, there's four wonders of the mall. But then Ellie's like, is this one of them? And she's like, "Uh, there's five wonders of the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then they go down the escalator and... They're kind of talking about like the stores and how uh, Riley Riley's talking about her mom and how her mom said during the outbreak, like people were looting stores until the military like shut it down and there people were taking stuff that they thought they needed. And so Ellie's or like wanted, yeah. Or wanted, yeah. So Ellie's like, Okay, so shoes, but not yeah. soap. Yeah. And then they run into a Victoria's Secret and there's yeah. like a display of like really like skimpy lingerie and just this funny moment of them. Like, why would someone want to wear that? It looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and Riley's like, do I need to tell you why? <laughs> and she's like, no, I know why. <laughs> and Riley's like, Oh, I just imagined you in it. Like, yeah. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is like, it's so funny to see like teens flirting and yeah. like, having those moments and then even after riley leaves ellie kind of lingers a little bit and is just like thinking about it and it's like Mm -hmm. kind of like uh in the last episode where she was reading in jackson and she was you know joel like right before their her fight with joel and she's like is this all they had to worry about was like boys and simple Mm -hmm. things so i think it's like a moment where she's like oh this is like the world was so different Mm -hmm. before i was born yeah there were giant stores dedicated to just this because that's that's what the it, what people cared about at the time. Mm-hmm. And she also like stands there for a second, like fixes her hair, like gets it out of her face and stuff. Yeah, just I think it's one of those moments. You know, she wants to make sure she looks okay. She's been flirting with Riley all night so far. Yeah, just teens. She's being caring teens. a little more about those things than mm-hmm. she ordinarily would. Yeah. So then they kind of turn the corner. Riley's like, close your eyes. And she's leading Ellie around the corner. Mm-hmm. And they come to a lit up carousel in the middle of the mall. And yeah. Ellie is totally just fascinated by it. Um, it's this very, again, just one of those like childlike moments of wonder. Mm-hmm. Something she's never seen before. She like gets on it and Riley starts it up. So it starts moving around. Yeah. And can I just say that this carousel uh, sucks because... <laughs> It doesn't have any of the horses that goes up and down while oh, did it, not? it was going around. It was all stationary horses. All oh, stationary. Wow, I, I was like, ah, this is the worst carousel in history. <laughs> Remember like the carousels would have like the horses for the kids and like the benches where the parents could like sit. Yeah. yeah. So the be- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think it had any benches. I didn't notice I, any benches. Yeah, me neither. But yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but yeah, none of the none of the horses went up and down. 
they uh, they were all stationary, and that's uh, that's pretty jank, I think. <laughs> I know I know they got in for free, but I think they need a refund. <laughs> so yeah, so then they're just like going around the carousel and. They're kind of like looking at each other, but like not looking at each other. The whole like you look and you look There's away. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of shots of like Ellie looking at Riley that are just like, oh, Ellie's in love. Yeah. <laughs> and Riley, and Riley, at one point Riley's looking at Ellie and Ellie's like, what? And Riley's like, nothing. I was like, you're drunk. <laughs> She's like, not yet. And then. Yeah. And uh, Ellie gives her the, the booze again. Yeah. She takes another, another drink of it. And then like the, the carousel like stops. And Riley's like, let me see if I can fix it. And then Ellie kind of yeah. starts talking to her about about like why she left. Like, or she's asking her, like, do you really think the fireflies can like liberate, can liberate. the Kiji? Yeah. And Riley's kind of annoyed with her. She's like, don't talk about it. Like, it's a fantasy. Like, it, it's yeah. possible. And then Ellie brings up again, like, you know, we're the future. We can change Fedra from the inside once we're running Fedra. Mm-hmm. But um. Riley mentions, you know, like I turned 17 and that's when you get your assignment and I've been assigned, you know, sewage grunt work. Yeah. So I'm not going to be on the officer path, mm-hmm. but Ellie can. And that's partially, I think, you know, with the whole backstory that we're hearing of like anytime Ellie is in a confrontation with people, Riley's the one standing up for her and getting physical. So I think they see Riley as more of this. It it kind of keeps Ellie's record clean, you know, Mm -hmm. in a sense. And like to the point where, you know, Ellie gets into this fight and Captain Kwong is immediately like, something's going on with you. This isn't like you, you know. And it's like, it's literally just because Riley has been the one taking all of the hits for her. Mm -hmm. And the only reason Ellie was acting out in that moment is because Riley's not there. So it kind of sucks that it's created this perception of the two of them where Riley is going to be forced onto that grunt path. But Mm -hmm. Ellie, despite being so close and despite a lot of those confrontations, probably starting with Ellie's, you know, smart mouth, she's still clean enough to be on the officer path in their eyes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so as soon as Riley mentions that, Ellie's like, ah, shit. Yeah. That sucks. Like, you should have told me before mm-hmm. you left, you know? One thing I thought was, I just had a thought in my head because in episode one, when we see Joel, like, putting uh, putting dead bodies in, like, on, like, the pyre, and then he goes to the officer and he gets the job for the next day to go shovel sewage. Oh, yeah. And I just had an interesting, I just had, like, a funny thought of if Riley had, like, stayed with Fedra taking that job of like standing guard while people shovel sewage. It's like Riley watching over Joel while yeah. he did that job. I just thought that was like a funny possibility yeah, like in my head. It could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. It could have it could have been. But anyway, so Riley's talking to Ellie about how people have overthrown Fedra and other QZs, which mm-hmm. again, we know what happened in Kansas City. So we don't know how well that could go. It's one of those yeah. things again making the argument of Fedra versus Firefly is what's like the lesser of two evils kind of thing. Yeah. And I think because they're all, because Fedra is so kind of militaristic, militaristic, removing Fedra requires these very harsh kind of takeovers. And so I think a big, a big struggle there is like, there's no smooth transition of power, you know? So it's like, let's say hypothetically in Kansas City, uh, they just decided, hey, Fedra's going to leave and give the power back to the people or whatever. Fedra could be like, hey, here's the shit we did with the infected. Here's how we've been handling it. Um, you're going to have to do this. And that, you know, like there could be some sort of warning, some 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 guidance, some mm-hmm. attempt to be like, we're not going to be around to take care of that. That's going to be on you. But here's what you need to do and what you need to handle it. But because it was such a hostile takeover, which is the only way to get Fedra out, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they didn't know these things that Fedra was doing secretly, and they were very ill-equipped to handle it. And then couple that with, oh, the leader of the resistance is so hell-bent on revenge, which is kind of a catch-22 because her 
drive for revenge is the only reason they were so successful at getting Fedra out in the first place. The, her brother was killed, and so that kind of like sparked the fire and led the revolution. Mm-hmm. But then that drive for revenge is also inevitably what brings their downfall. There's no attempt at like, okay, Fedra's gone, let's get back to a normal society. They were just like, we're just going to keep fucking things up and getting revenge and punishing people and being terrible. So there has to be a medium ground, but it's hard to have that medium ground when Fedra refuses to back down, you know? Mm -hmm. It escalates everything. That's just my two cents on the issue. (laughs) (laughs) So then from there, they, Ellie's saying like, I'm riding on, you know, a horse on a carousel. Like, I don't think this night can get any better. And mm-hmm. Riley takes her to an arcade, which again, well, uh, I, before the arcade, uh, real quick, they uh, they see the photo booth. Oh, right, right, right. I actually have that in my notes, and I skipped it. So, right, we do get to the photo booth. So they go into the photo booth and they like start it up, and they're basically just it's one of the, just just having fun um, in the photo booth, doing like silly poses together. Yeah, the last pose. Uh, kind of has them like touching faces oh yeah a little bit and ellie's like uh get off (laughs) (laughs) she's like right right and riley's just like right right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. also it's it's interesting riley had like a five dollar bill saved up yeah just for the photo booth somewhere i guess i don't know where you find like old i mean the the the, the, as we see later the arcade has like a lot of money lying around that's true yeah and it's like she can't use it anywhere else. So it's like if she knows that that's going to activate this thing, mm-hmm. she like prepped for it. Yeah. And then the printout comes out. It's like pretty faded. There yeah. probably wasn't, you know, the ink is pretty dry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Ellie gets to keep the photos um, of her and Riley. And then then they get to the arcade, which, again, it, I just love like the color and the lighting yes, in the arcade. Yeah, yeah. It just looks so cool. And, and we had seen like Ellie is totally fascinated she's like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen she had the mortal Kombat 2 poster on her wall in her room yeah she's just like totally taken aback at seeing these like lit up video games and in episode three i think it was yeah where she found the like broken down mortal Kombat 2 cabinet yeah so we see that she actually got to experience playing video games yeah and it's also a great callback to that because um you know, she she plays with Riley on this machine and Riley does the fatality. And um, I think that fatality is the same move that she explains to Joel in episode mm. three when she's like reminiscing on the game. She's like, there's this character, Melina, and she has this move. Um, it's the one that Riley uses to finish her. Right, right. Um, and I will. I, can I just say. A 16-year-old in the apocalypse was able to do a fatality on a Mortal Kombat cabinet. Yeah, well, I have never been mean, able to do that yeah. in my life. <laughs> I, she, never, she, I, I never figured, like, I've been able to do them, but it's like I needed to look them up in, like, the strategy guides and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't get how people learned to how do did, that stuff. How did she learn, like, which fucking button combos to hit? Yeah, to yeah. It's not an intuitive process. It's like, it's, Yeah. Also, the way Ellie was like tapping the joystick to move was giving me so much like gamer anxiety. Yeah, I'm like, why was, like, was she not, not like how you do that? I was like, just, just grab the fucking, it. just hold, hold it. it. Yeah, hold it, please. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I just again, I love this scene of them like having fun playing Mortal Kombat together. Um, yeah. They're just like so excited to be with each other and be on their own and just like have like normal kid life mm-hmm. shit. You know, they they are kids at the end of the day. Like they don't they don't get to experience these kind of lighthearted things. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of pan away. We see them playing the game and we pan away from the arcade and we go into another store and yep. we see an infected that is like asleep against the wall. And the noise from them playing the video game, their screams um, wakes them up, wakes up the infected. Yep. So we know yeah. bad things are probably coming sooner yeah. rather than later yeah so we cut back to them playing mortal Kombat, and ellie has finally uh beaten riley in one of the matches that they're playing and yeah. so riley tells ellie how to do the fatality and they're just like really excited they again it's one of those it's like 
it's very old old school like video game like blood and gore but it like yeah they love it yeah just another one of those things of like ellie being fascinated with things like that yeah yeah and then after you know uh she does the fatality and they scream and they're so excited uh there's like another kind of like romantic tension of like Mm -hmm. their faces getting really close and ellie's just looking at her and she's got the biggest smile on her face and then i don't know she kind of uh uh, I don't like something switches and she's mm-hmm. like, I want to go home, but I'll I'll meet you here tomorrow. We could do this again like mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Um, and Riley's like, no, I have a gift for you. Yeah. Uh, and so like uh, they walk yeah, through like the like, food court. Yeah, they go to the taco place. Yeah. The Macho Nacho, which I realized after I saw a TikTok is an Uncharted 4 reference. Is it? Which, uh, yeah. So like. Uh, this is not this is spoilers for uncharted not very very light spoilers yeah there's a conversation in uncharted 4 between nate and elena where elena talks about working at a macho nacho and how oh. her manager was like some crazy guy or something i saw the tiktok like after i saw the episode i was like oh shit like that's that's great i just wow. love yeah like neil because neil Druckmann, who who create who directed um uncharted 4 calling back to that yeah just yeah. love these little like easter eggs i think they're great yeah, I, I've only I've only played Uncharted for one time, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of little things that didn't stick with me. So I, I totally missed that. Yeah, um, it's a, and it's a small moment anyway. Like I forgot yeah, about that, yeah. and I saw the TikTok. So yeah. But anyways, so then they go into the back of this of this like Mexican restaurant, the food court. Um, yeah. And Riley gives Ellie, no pun intended, volume two. Yeah. So then they stand there like telling each other jokes and stuff, which we get a moment where there is a joke that they neither of them under, understand. Yes, we we which we had kind of mentioned in, in a, another episode of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, how does a computer get drunk? It takes screenshots and they're yeah. like, what's a screenshot? Yeah, they're like, I don't know what a screenshot yeah. is, um, which I, I just thought was a great moment. And yeah. then Ellie kind of turns around and she finds some pipe bombs yeah um, on the shelf and she realizes that riley didn't find them all the fireflies posted her there yeah and, and there's riley just like made the bombs yeah riley made the bombs and there's a moment where riley's like they would never use them like against you or on you i, I would never let them do that yeah and riley's like really you think they're gonna listen to you yeah ellie um, ellie says that yeah, um, yeah ellie says that yeah, it, this argument is interesting to me because Ellie uses the same line that Joel said to Tommy. She's like, I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same line that Joel says to Tommy when Tommy's like, I'm hoping I'll be a good dad, you know? Like, I guess yeah. we'll see. guess we'll find out. And so, like, I thought that was an interesting parallel there, there of, like, just these two people kind of shutting down, walling up. Mm-hmm. Riley comes comes clean and says, you know, this is my last night in Boston. I'm being mm-hmm. sent to Atlanta. Yeah, Ellie Ellie kind of stormed out and Riley chased after her and she says, I'm leaving. Um, I asked Marlene if you could come with me, but she said no. Yeah. And there's She's like, like the this fuck is Marlene? <laughs> yeah. And then there's just the, the like sad moment of them like saying goodbye. And Riley says, it's hard, but I wanted to say goodbye. And Ellie's like, you just did goodbye yeah, and then she just leaves. very easy <laughs> yeah so ellie leaves but then she kind of realizes that she shouldn't have left that way especially if this is riley's first or last night in boston mm-hmm. so ellie goes back to find riley she hears like screaming coming from somewhere in the mall and she runs in and sees like a halloween decoration in one of the stores that's like pops yep. up and it screams and riley's just there kind of chilling <laughs> yeah she's like this is the fifth wonder i i thought you'd like this one the best so i saved it for last yeah riley's kind of talking about wanting a place to belong like she had yeah. kind of talked about it earlier in the episode about having like her parents and stuff and she's telling Ellie. and what's another one of those moments where she tells ellie you don't know everything yeah um she's like I, I, she says like you don't know what it's like to have a family mm-hmm. which i think that that sticks with ellie um and that is one thing that she we've seen throughout the season that she's really chasing with joel mm-hmm. that feeling of belonging um yeah and, and riley says like you know they chose me and i mattered to them yeah to which ellie says you mattered to me first yeah a moment of she's afraid of losing people yeah. she doesn't want to be alone and everyone she's feeling abandoned yeah. yeah 
And just calling back to the moment in episode six where she tells Joel, everyone I've loved or cared for has either died or left me. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you know, not wanting, especially at such a young age, having to deal with already the world, how Mm -hmm. it is, and now, like, having to lose your best friend, the person that she's in love with. Yeah. Having to leave her is just... yeah is hard. And then Riley decides to break the uh, awkward tension with (laughs) Halloween masks. And she shows that she had taken Ellie's Walkman at some point without Ellie knowing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, plugs it into the speakers. They put on the Halloween masks. I got you babe by Etta James Mm -hmm. Uh, is blaring through the speakers and they start dancing. Um, It's funny because like you and I both work in sync uh, I feel like we should talk more about the sync uses maybe in another episode or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the The music on the show has been super good. Yeah, yeah. And it's like getting to, I mean, the song, it's a great song just to like, I got you, babe, like their, you know, yeah. their friendship, their bond, um, kind yeah. of exemplifying that and them putting on these Halloween masks and dancing around together on the, on top of these like store counters. Yeah. I think it's like jewelry cabinets or something. They're like lit up Mm -hmm. again. Another great shot of like the lighting and everything just feeling so vibrant. Like it's such a great juxtaposition of like this place is abandoned and it's this post-apocalyptic world, but the lights are so pretty and everything's like just, I don't know. It's 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 a really it's a really it's like really great beautiful shots. Mm-hmm. And then Ellie kind of like stops dancing and she looks at Riley, takes off the mask, takes off the mask, and Riley's like, "What's wrong?" And Ellie tells her, "Don't go." And Riley just says, "Okay." And then they finally kiss after all yeah. this long <laughs> night of romantic tension. And then Ellie immediately apologizes. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I'm sorry." And Riley's like, "For what?" They start laughing. Yeah. And then uh, it all goes to shit. It all goes to shit. They hear a noise um, coming from outside the store, and the infected that woke up walks in and sees them. I can't tell. I almost, I kind of thought it was a clicker at first, but I guess not. It hadn't fully gotten there. I don't there. think so. Yeah. Um, it, it, it looked like it was getting like the start of like the mushroom or the, the, yeah. the fungus on its face. It, and the way it ran around just like really reminded me of that first infected we see in episode one when Joel's carrying Sarah through the restaurant and that one runner just is going after him, just like running into things, jumping over things, just like super violent and super dedicated. And just like, mm-hmm. um, it kind of had that same vibe here. So I think it's, it's just like one of the, uh, I think it's just like a runner at that stage and yeah, just like jumping over things, knocking things over trying to get to them mm-hmm. uh they're fighting they they get separated riley loses her gun uh i think she like shoots it in the leg one time but it like it barely does anything because it's yeah they're so insane and fast and flexible and riley gets pinned under some stuff for a bit so ellie's fighting it off and then riley hits it off of ellie and then it starts trying to bite it riley and then ellie comes through with the switchblade to the head Mm-hmm. finally kills it and ellie starts celebrating she's like holy shit and she's like so excited and mm-hmm. um like pumped up with adrenaline but she looks at riley who's just staring at ellie's arm ellie looks down and we see it she's been bitten mm-hmm. and then riley shows she was bitten too on her hand mm-hmm. i think it's very know. interesting how like how different their reactions to their bites are yeah. ellie like immediately starts screaming no and she's like very upset while Riley just kind of like is quietly sad and almost seems to have just accepted it in a way already. Yeah. So then after like, so they see their bites and they like Ellie freaks out and then we cut back to the present. Yeah. And Ellie has like this moment of she like wipes her like tear from her eye or something. Yeah. And then she's just running around this house looking for medicine for Joel, trying to find something to help help, with his wound. And it's just one of those things where obviously like the flashback was obviously more, more so for the audience. Like I doubt she was standing there for the last 45 minutes. Right. Right. But she's just thinking about Riley and how she's already lost someone that was very close to her. Yeah. And she doesn't want that to happen again. Yeah. And then 
it, it pretty quickly cuts back to um, the flashback. Ellie's smashing the cabinets while, again, Riley's just sitting there, kind of quiet acceptance. Mm-hmm. And Riley's like, there's some more stuff over there you can break if you want. Ellie sits with her and Riley's like, there's two options here. One, we could take the uh, easy way out. She's got her gun, quick, mm-hmm. painless, but she's like, I don't I don't like option one. Mm-hmm. But then option two, we just keep going. Whether it's two minutes or two days, we don't give that up. We keep going until we turn, you know. She says uh, this great line, we can be all poetic and shit and lose our minds together. Mm-hmm. Ellie's like, what's option three? But there is no option three. Yeah. And I think this is interesting because obviously they choose option two. Mm -hmm. We don't really see Riley's last moments. We don't know if she lasted two minutes or two days. Mm -hmm. We obviously know that Ellie lasts way longer than two days. Right. And yeah, so I think it cuts back to the present. And I think that line is kind of resonating with her of like, whether it's two minutes or two days or whatever, we don't give that up. So I Mm -hmm. think she's looking at Joel and she's like, I'm not going to give up. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say this is it. I'm not turning back. I'm not giving up. So she's looking through all the cabinets and everything. She finds some thread. And she starts to stitch up Joel. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to, I believe it was episode four when they were traveling. And Ellie asked Joel, if you don't think there's hope for the world, why do you keep going on? And he tells her, you keep going for family. Mm -hmm. And by this point, she definitely sees Joel as a father figure. He is someone that she cares deeply about. And like you said, whether it's, two minutes or two days, like she's going to keep fighting. She's going to keep going on to save him no matter what. Yeah, that's a great callback because, you know, Joel's mention of family there and then Riley's mention of family here. Ellie's kind of like piecing it together. Like, okay, we don't give it up. This is the only family I've got that I've ever had. And so I'm going to fight for it. And then that's that's the end of the episode, right? That's like, it. Yeah, we end with Ellie sewing up Joel's wound as best she can. And Pedro Pascal's acting there. Uh, I, I feel like I could feel every time the needle <laughs> goes in. It's a it's a small, subtle move, but it's a, I could feel his pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the episode. Um, Storm Reed did a great job as Riley, I think. Mm-hmm. Really handling, like, ha- establishing that they have a friendship without us having to have any backstory on it. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Just in those moments, they like so flawlessly, seamlessly, like just immediately felt like friends. Um, I thought that was really great. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought they did a good job of like informing us on their relationship without having to show it. Yeah. And I mean, there wasn't a lot of setup. We don't know, you know, obviously, basically as far as, you know, what's coming next in the future episodes, it's like, okay, Joel's going to be stitched up and he's alive. That's basically what we've learned from this one. Mm -hmm. We don't know where they are. They're just like in this random neighborhood. It's snowing. Mm -hmm. Can I just say before we get into spoilers? Yeah. Anyone who says this is a filler episode is a fool. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Like there's so much, I mean, all the stuff we talked about how like, you know, showing Ellie's, how alone she was, her the the things she's learning about family and moving on like we get to see you know mm-hmm. like I, I i saw that some people were calling it filler and i wonder if they're just saying that because it's out of order i think it's like, mainly because they feel like because we didn't get any progression on the current day plot they right. felt like it's filler, it's filler. but it's like imagine if this was like in episode 1 yeah Imagine if all this happened in episode one and we saw Ellie's backstory first Mm -hmm. and then we met Joel later. Like, would you consider that filler? No, you'd just be like, this is the movie. This is the the plot moving along. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, 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 I could see some of the arguments with episode three where it's like it's not even related to Joel and Ellie. You Mm -hmm. know, and it's just like a side character in the universe, like getting that lore, which I mean, I don't agree with. I thought, you know. But I, I see the argument there. I I don't see it with this one at all. Like mm-hmm. it's Ellie's backstory where it's Ellie's story. It's informing us of who she is and why she is, you know? Mm-hmm. 
yeah. So if you think this episode was filler, um, I'm going to fill your head with counter arguments. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I don't feel it was filler at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And I mean, again, without spoilers, um, I, I think it's safe to mention that like a big part of this story in the game and the show is so rooted in, you know, the character development and who they are, as opposed to like, I just want to see zombies ripping people up and people running away and scared of zombies, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I love this episode. Rest in peace, Riley. It's, I do think it's interesting that we didn't see what happened with Riley after the bite. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. There's, I kind of want to talk about that in the spoiler cast. Okay, without the spoiler, in episode two, when Ellie's talking to Tess, there's that hint of like Ellie's killed before. You know, mm-hmm. was that episode? I forget. But she, she, there, there's an earlier episode where Ellie kind of implies like she's killed someone before, and my assumption was that it's Riley. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Riley turned and then she. Uh, did it then or what but based on their conversation in this episode that sounds to me like what happened you know choosing option two you know right I think at some point Riley turned Ellie didn't and uh, Ellie had to survive Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it's interesting that we we didn't get to see that but that's my assumption of what happened right no I agree I uh, I do think that Riley turned and Ellie had to protect herself Mm -hmm. and kill her friend i think is probably what happened there yeah because i mean it's also possible that like you know marlene stumbles upon them and finds them and but there it's just like weird that there was the implication before of like ellie's killed Mm -hmm. or whatever so yeah i guess that's all i've got for the non-spoiler section yeah yeah we can get into spoilers now i think all right so uh Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I think one of the biggest things, obviously, for people who have played the Left Behind DLC, which if you played the game before, obviously this was like a separate part from the main game. We didn't get Left Behind as part of the main game, which I kind of wish with the most recent part one remaster they did that they had slotted this in to the main game as opposed to keeping it separate. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been kind of an interesting way to experience it, especially for, pe- for people who had never played the game before. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so... It, or at least at least make it an option. Because, like, mm-hmm. I also, from when I first played the game, the whole kind of... In the game, it's kind of this bait-and-switch thing where it looks like Joel dies, and then you play this next section as Ellie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this uh, switcheroo of like, oh, Joel's dead and Ellie's the protagonist now. Like when I first played the game, that was like such an interesting thing to me. I was like, oh, shit, did he like really die? (laughs) And now Ellie's like left alone. I was like, oh, fuck. Um, And then obviously we eventually find out he's he's still alive. But right. So then this so then left behind like takes place in between the the time jump from Joel being injured to. Uh, them being in the garage so there's the yeah we get the this in-between moment of in the present day ellie is going through a mall trying to find medicine for joel yeah um which we don't get that at all in this episode which yeah for pacing purposes i'm sure i, I feel like is a lot better choice there and and not even just for pacing but like there we haven't established again like the game again there's so many action pieces that are like let's show off these characters doing crazy badass things because you're playing a video game and that's what Mm -hmm. you want to do in a video game i think it'd be really weird to have you know ellie you know fighting off groups of people in Mm -hmm. a mall and then have to deal with like oh is she getting away is she being followed like and like slotting that into the episode. So it's like, it's just another thing that I just, I don't think would translate into the show as well. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So I, I thought that was a good decision. And then also like there, I guess it was like Easter egg, but also spoilers. Um, There is an aha cassette on Ellie's uh, bedside table. Yeah. And then yeah. take on me plays during the escalator scene. 
Yeah. Which, for those of you that have played part two, um, the the skippable or the the missable scene with yeah, in Seattle and and Dina in Seattle, where Ellie plays "Take on Me" on guitar for Dina, which yeah. is one of my favorite scenes from the game. Yeah, and it's it's so funny to me that that's missable that like mm-hmm. you could skip that like um i remember when i played it i just like i went through everything in seattle because like not even from like this perspective of like i don't want to miss anything because i didn't know there was missable stuff i was just like let me explore and grab everything mm-hmm. um and so like i remember you texted me like oh make sure you hit up the record store in seattle day one or something and i was like oh yeah i did that i did that or whatever <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I do see, like, every time people talk about it online, like, there's always a person or two who are like, where was this? I missed this somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you didn't, you didn't explore Seattle. Yeah. So I think that was, like, an Easter egg for people who played the games, like, playing Take On Me in that scene. Yeah. And having it associated with another, you know, person that Ellie's very close with. Mm-hmm. Um. And just like acknowledging she knows the song. Yeah. One other thing uh, that I noticed was different that I think was interesting is um, the arcade actually works in in the show. Yeah, I had that in my notes too. Yeah. In the game, I kind of like how um, it was, it was, it it wasn't working. So Ellie had to close her eyes and Riley just had to describe it to her. And Ellie's kind of imagination like just takes off with it mm-hmm. um, and imagines everything, which um, I don't know which one works better. I think they they both work in their respective fields, mediums. Yeah, Medium? I mean, I think the yeah. because obviously in in the game, like when Riley is like describing it to Ellie, and you get that like little mini game where yeah. you're like you're playing the game that she's imagining in her mind. Yeah, so I think it works good here to have them actually like playing the game together. Yeah. And getting to experience it that way. Yeah. And I I love that, you know, in the in the game, everything is kind of, you know, they didn't bother with third party licensing. So it's like it's not Mortal Kombat. It's like mm-hmm. some knockoff that Naughty Dog invented. Right. Um, and so I, I love that the show actually just went ahead and was like, let's just license Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. <laughs> for the show. Yeah. And then I love that they're they had like the Dawn of the Wolf posters throughout I, the mall. I saw that too, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great like Easter egg because in the game, like when you're exploring and Ellie finds the poster and she's asking Joel about it. Yeah. And Joel, I think Joel said that he had seen the first one or something. Yeah. And it's before Ellie knew about Sarah. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this moment of like Joel being like, Oh, it's a stupid, you know, teenage movie or whatever. And so Ellie's like, why'd you see it then? Who dragged you there? And he's like, let's just move on. Stop asking me questions. Stop bugging me. Uh, Cause he hadn't, uh, told her about Sarah at that point. And it's like another moment of like the walls were coming down, but as soon as Sarah got brought it, brought up, he like walls back up. And then, oh, something I thought was interesting because they, so Riley mentions when they're on the carousel that she's turning 17 next month. Uh-huh. Do, have they mentioned, did they mention that Ellie is 14 in the show? I don't remember. Just because I wasn't sure if in the game was there that age little bit of an age gap between Ellie and Riley or were they the same age? Great questions. Um, I don't know the answer. I'm trying to, I think I they know. have mentioned that Ellie is 14 in the show, but I can't remember for sure. Yeah. But I just thought that was interesting. Like little thing. I was like, did they have that much of an age gap? I mean, not that it's a, not that it's a big age gap. It's only a couple of years, but I just wasn't sure if that was in the game as well. Yeah. I, I think they have mentioned her being for, uh, Ellie being 14. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think in the game there was an age gap between the two. I remember them. I mean, obviously it's a video game. It's different. I just remember them looking very close and the character models looking very close in age. Yeah. Yeah. And Riley, I guess could potentially look a little bit older than Ellie in the show. But not that, like I said, yeah. again, not that it matters, not a big age gap. I just thought that was an interesting um, thing to note. Yeah, and I think it works to, like, explain her whole, like, joining the Fireflies partially out of, like, oh, I believe in this cause and stuff, but also having that um, feeling of, like, my age is 
making they're giving me assignments because of my age and it's not the assignment I want for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. there's that added like aspect of like there's nothing for me here. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I have to leave, you know. Yeah. Something else that was funny just because they moved they moved the timeline of the outbreak when it started. So when they hit the photo booth, there is no share on Facebook or Twitter thing. Oh my god. That uh, because right. Facebook and Twitter were not a thing in 2003. Did not exist in 2003. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. It's mainly like an in-game thing because you can share it directly to your Twitter, like from the game. Yeah. But I thought that was funny. It's like there's no little thing that's like, do you want to share it to Facebook or Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then they're like, what's a Facebook? Like, yeah. They don't know. Um, wow. Oh my god. Yeah. So that that was funny. Yeah. What other weird 2003 things are there? I don't even know. Um, yeah. And then something I thought was really cool was that the Halloween masks they wear look like fucking identical to the ones they wear in game. In the game, yeah, yeah. And they had like that uh, the Frankenstein's monster statue mm-hmm. prop uh, was in there too. They did a really great job recreating the environments in this episode. Yeah. Was was that moment of the Halloween mask and them dancing? That was separate in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's there, what there I were two different. There were two different stores. Like there, yeah. there's the Halloween store. Then you leave. There's the Brickmaster area where you throw bricks at a car. Oh, right, right. There's that area with like it's like a clothing and a jewelry store, and then they Riley pulls out the water guns and you have oh, to like yeah. shoot each other with water pistols for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they they dance on the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's just like it's it's longer because, like, as a game, they, right, they right. wanted to give you more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a show, uh, that's not necessarily, you know, that's when people will would start being like, "This is filler." Mm-hmm. <laughs> when things just drag on like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting that they they just had one infected instead of like a horde that they had to escape from. Oh right, yeah. Which I'm sure works better for budget, but I think it also worked great. Well, I think it just shows like, how like inexperienced they were. Yeah, like for as much like shit that they talked, they yeah. were very not prepared to fight off even one infected. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, again, it's one of those things where like you're playing a video game, they you like run away from the horde. Instead yeah. of just having, instead of like struggling to fight one infected. Yeah, exactly. It like in the game, it's like having a horde behind you, like just increases that tension of you running mm-hmm. away, but you don't need that in a show. Something else I really liked. Um, I don't know if it's been mentioned in the show, but Ellie's line to Riley when they're going, when they're going to where she's going to give her the joke book and Ellie's trying to figure out what the gift is. And she's like, is it a dinosaur? I'll be your best friend if it's a dinosaur. Yeah. I don't know if her love of dinosaurs has been mentioned in the show, but it's mentioned in the game, I think. And then obviously part two, we get the flashback to her and Joel going to the museum. Yeah. um, And she like loves the dinosaur exhibit. That's actually, um, she does mention, I think that, that the guess of the dinosaur is also from the left behind game. Oh, like, I think you're right. You're right. She mentions it there. And then she mentions it again in part two mm-hmm. when Joel is taking her out for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, she she does. I don't I don't think the dinosaur love has been like expanded upon. Um, they've mostly focused on her love for being an astronaut. Right. It's it's great that they have that dinosaur line here because, yeah. uh, as we know, uh, the show was renewed for season two. So, yeah we might get to see that uh, play out later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think this was a really great episode. Again, just expanding on backstory for Ellie, giving us more context of who she was before she met Joel and kind of giving us context about why her personality, why she is the way she is, these feelings of being scared of ending up alone. Yeah. We see, yeah, just how alone she really is. Mm Mm-hmm. God, we got two episodes left. Two episodes left. I mean, we're we in the spoilers. Of, we're in the spoilers, so we know yeah. it, it, David is next David, week. and then the hospital. And then the hospital, yeah. That's wild. Um, I I mean, 
I would, I'm thinking, I'm assuming that next week is going to start with like Ellie being out hunting and she meets David like she does in the game. I want to see that rabbit die. <laughs> I want to see, I, they got to do it. I'm going to be, I will, I will be a little upset if they don't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I need to see that rabbit get wrecked. I, I had a thought with the last episode of like how the, the, that Native American couple, the guy comes in from hunting and he has the rabbits. I was like, was that going to be like the closest thing to the reference of <laughs> that or are they going to show the rabbit? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I am very interested for the next episode. Um, we do know that Troy Baker is in the next episode as like yeah. part of David's crew, I guess. I've seen a theory and I kind of want it to happen that he is the one that Joel like interrogates and like stabs with the knife in his leg, like trying uh, to find out where Ellie is. I just think that'd be a great be like Joel versus Joel like scene. Moment. Yeah. I think that would be really, really cool. Yeah. I so agree. I'm kind of hoping that happens, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's possible he's also going to be the one who like when Ellie's like, I'm infected, don't eat me. And then like they get like spooked and then like she grabs the machete and like. Mm-hmm shanks the dude yeah that might be that might be Troy. we're gonna we're gonna get to see troy baker get wrecked i think i think that's a given whether it's by ellie or joel exciting stuff exciting stuff well i think that's all we have for this week's episode yep we will see everybody next week to discuss episode eight two more episodes of the season left uh remember folks when you're lost in the darkness Look for the light. light.